Lessons in Tanya. The Tanya of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi. Taught by Rabbi Ben-Zion Krasniansky. Tanya's text elucidated by Rabbi Yosef Weinberg. We are on page 965. So we learned at the 10 Svirot that God creates the world through the 10 Svirot. Ten Svirot are the tools with which God creates the world. You can't identify God with the Ten Svirot, with wisdom, understanding, <coughs> knowledge, awareness, love, compassion, strength. You can't, royalty, you can't identify God with any of these qualities. You can't identify God with philosophy, with spirituality, with religion. Um, because God is totally transcends all of these realms, and He gave us the analogy of the human being. The human being, our whole entire spectrum, a whole entire world, begins with creativity, intuition, spirituality, then with the logical mind, and then the emotional world, heart, emotions, and then the world of thought, and the world of speech, and the world of action. This is the extreme, from one extreme to the other extreme. This is the whole range of human consciousness, the whole range of human activity. There's a world of action, there's a world of speech, communication, there's a world of thought, there's a world of love, of emotions, there's the world of mind, of ideas, philosophy, then there's a world of intuition, creativity, religion, spirituality. And yet look at the distance between action and the mind, even though it's only five degrees of separation. Yet there's a total distance. So much so, if someone says, I can grasp a concept with my hand. Your hand. It's ridiculous, right? What, you, what does action, hands, have to do with the mind? The world of the mind, the world of the brain, the world... If someone will say, I cannot grab my concept with the hands, it's so deep, I couldn't understand, I couldn't grab it with my hand. It's also ridiculous. There's no connection. That's only within our world. Imagine if you take, in comparison to Hashem, who emanates from within Himself, these ten spherot, Hashem is so much beyond the world of the mind. And the analogy is, it's like, it's like the, the, the drop of the ocean. So imagine our whole world is, exists within the drop of the ocean. So you have the top of the drop and you have the bottom of the drop. Top of the drop is wisdom, the mind, the religion, spirituality, mysticism. The end, of the, the end of the drop is action. So we look at the drop of the ocean as being separate. But how does the ocean see the drop? What's the drop in comparison to the ocean? I can't even find it. What drop? The top of the drop, the bottom of the drop? What, what difference does it make? It's all the same thing. That's what the Pesach says. Kulam b'chachma sisa doesn't say, you made everything with wisdom. With wisdom, you made everything. Because wisdom is just a tool. Just like by us, it's a hammer, it's a tool. Or the analogy of the different ranges of, of sound. The whole audio system, the human being, is a few thousand sound waves. How many sound waves are there beyond it? Billions. So in comparison to the billions of sound waves, the highest shriek 
And the most audible, the barely audible whisper is all the same. I can't even find it. What, what are you talking about? What difference is there between this and that? It's all the way at the bottom. It's like to the iceberg. I'm talking the tip of the tip of the iceberg. So the tip of the tip or the bottom of the tip of the side. What, what, what difference does it make? It's insignificant. So to Hashem, the emanator, the whole world, the whole country, the highest level, that we, the highest level of praise that we can think of, person is a person of mind. It's not just a person of action. Not just a person of heart. A person of the mind. A brilliant, creative, intuitive, spiritual, meditative, religious person. To God, that's not a value. That, 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 that's the same as, as, as the hands. So if someone will tell you, I can grasp God with my hand, you'll laugh. You think you can grasp God with your hand? It's the same thing if someone will tell you that I can grasp God with my mind. I have a religious experience. I can grasp God with my mind. It's an nonsensical statement. If it's just like someone will say, I cannot grasp God with my hands. It's ridiculous. So someone will say, I cannot grasp. God is so deep. God is so transcendent. I can't grasp God through religion. I can't grasp God through philosophy. I cannot grasp God through meditation, through mind-blowing experience, or higher levels of awareness, higher levels of consciousness. God is so deep. It's also nonsensical. God is so beyond just like beyond the visible spectrum. It's a darkness to us. But there's so many le- layer levels that are beyond. The whole visible spectrum is so tiny. To us it's darkness because we can't see beyond it. Not that there's no reality beyond it. That's why the enlightened person, enlightened scientist who's so proud of his atheism, is so proud of his... I'm a rational person. I'm a scientific person. Anything that doesn't fit into science, I don't accept doesn't exist. It's not an enlightened person. It's an darkened person. It's the world's biggest fool. You think that the reality begins and ends with your mind? You know how many layers and levels there are beyond knowing consciousness? Beyond even the divine attribute of wisdom. Perfect wisdom. Infinite wisdom. And even that's nothing in comparison to its source. Someone said you can't identify God with wisdom. God is not wisdom, God is not love, God... It's, 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 it's like you can't identify you with a hammer. You can say, you, you're the hammer. It's a, it's, a, it's a tool. It's not you. You're so much beyond it. So you can't identify God with wisdom. God is beyond wisdom. So you, the enlightened atheist, scientist, you only think, only think only reality begins and ends with my tiny world. With my spectrum. Anything beyond the shriek doesn't exist. Anything beyond the visible spectrum doesn't exist. When modern physics knows how ridiculous, what a ridiculous statement that is. The whole visible spectrum, the whole audible spectrum is so minute, is so tiny, so insignificant. We're a drop in the ocean. Artificially removed from the ocean. So we can define it and study it and but the reality is the drop of the ocean is not removed from the ocean. The reality is the drop of the ocean is part of the ocean. And if you look at the whole picture, we can't see the whole picture. If we see the whole picture, we're insignificant. Wisdom, philosophy, and spirituality is the same as action. So you think you can grasp God with your hands? No. So you think you can grasp God with your mind? With your meditation, with your intuition, with your creativity, with your music, with your art? You think you can grasp God? You think the angel can grasp God? You think the divine attribute of wisdom really, really knows God? You can't grasp God. We don't have the tools. So it makes you humble. 
so arrogant. I'm enlightened. I'm a rational scientist. I don't accept anything that my logical mind doesn't, doesn't understand, doesn't exist. It's such a ridiculous approach. When you realize that there's so much beyond, our whole spectrum is so tiny. There's so much beyond. And that's just the level when you look at the whole picture. And then there's the whole is greater than the sum total of its parts. The world is dynamic. Everything's interrelated, interconnected. There's no individual points. It's only from our perspective. Through the many tzimtzumim, God made the many contractions that God basically enabled us to see the perspective of reality, to see a drop of the ocean completely divorced from anything else. So our whole universe suddenly takes on, assumes a whole reality. There's wisdom and there's intuition and there's philosophy and there's emotions and there's thought and speech and action. So within us, within our tiny world, the wor- suddenly we have a meaningful degrees of separation and meaningful differences. So it's only from our perspective that we can even talk about the ten sefirot. It's from our perspective that we can begin to talk about the divine attribute of wisdom. The divine attribute of wisdom is a reality. That divine, we can call it by its name. When God creates us and sustains us through the ten sefirot, when God uses His attribute of wisdom as a tool, and His attribute of awareness, and His attribute of love and compassion, all the ten attributes as tools with which He creates us. He creates our world, our universe, which is made up of time and space and concepts and ideas and past and present and future and physical material. Then, dimensions, then we could relate or we can call the divine attributes by their name but while the divine attributes are within God it has no name it's not separate it's like a drop of the ocean it's part of the ocean it's not, it's not separate there's, there's no separate entity there's no separate reality all there is is Hashem and Hashem in some mysterious way contains within Him these attributes and these attributes are totally united within Him and he brought the analogy of the light of the sun. The light of the sun is within the sun. But when is it called light? When could you call the light light? Only after it leaves the sun. And it illuminates the world outside of the sun. But when the light is within the sun, all there is is the sun. You can't even call it by its name. It's there. You can't give what you don't have. If the sun gives off light, surely the sun contains light, has light. But while the light is within the sun, the Torah doesn't, it doesn't even have a name. All you have is the sun. So, so too, the divine attributes, from God's perspective, all there is is God. There's no wisdom, there's no understanding, there's no knowledge. There's no... But from our perspective, God creates our world and our point of view and our perspective. Suddenly, when the divine attributes illuminate us, suddenly it has a name. We can call it wisdom. We can call it, and we call it ten attributes, ten separate attributes wisdom, understanding, knowledge. Within God, they're not ten, they're not separate. It's all unified, it's one, inseparable, infinite, without a name, without a dis- But here we have a name for each one, each one is separate. And he says, he brings, we left off, he brings from the verse that Hashem creates the world with these ten attributes. These are the tools which Hashem creates the world. 
he quotes Elio Anavi in his famous Mimer, Pasach Elio, Elio describes all of emanation, the world of emanation and the worlds that were created. So he says that Hashem emanates from himself the ten svirot, and through these ten svirot, God conducts the world with love, with wisdom, with compassion, and with justice, with din, with strength. All of these are come from the ten divine attributes. And we left off in the middle of the page. The Alter Rebbe now offers an instance. Come on, The Alter Rebbe now offers an instance of how creation came about through through Torah. For example, on the first of the six days of creation, the attribute of kindness comprised all God's holy motive attributes with his will and wisdom and understanding and knowledge enclosed in it was revealed. And with this attribute he created light through the utterance, let there be light, which is a diffusion and flow of light into the world from above and its diffusion in the world from one end to the other. This creation of light is an expression of the attribute, attribute of kindness. For Chesed is characterized by diffusion and revelation. So the first day, every day, had a different theme. The theme of the first day was Chesed. Chesed, love, kindness. The seven days of creation, each day corresponds to a different emotional attribute. The first day is Chesed, kindness, love. And that's the first and the primary, because love is really the impulse behind all other emotions, even strength. Your first connection is you're motivated by love. You have a feeling, you have a connection, and that leads to all the other emotions. So love is the first day and the primary. That's why the first day, all of creation is contained within the first day in a sense. Because everything, creation itself is an act of love, primarily. Then you have the other attributes to modify it, to define it, to give it a strength, to give it a shape. But the, the, the impulse, the initial impulse, the energy, is really an energy of love, of giving, of creating. And the first thing that the Torah says Hashem created on the first day was, what was the first thing Hashem created? It was light. And by the way, the Rebbe asked the question, why did Hashem create light the first day? There was no one to benefit from the light. There was no one to see all there was was light. Why did Hashem create light as the very first thing? The Rebbe explains, very interesting, that he says, before a person sets out to do something, first he has to declare what's his mission statement, what's his purpose. Before you embark on a journey, before you embark on an ambitious plan to do, accomplish something, you have to ask yourself, what's my mission statement, what's my plan? And then you go ahead and do it. So before Hashem created the world, Hashem immediately declared His mission statement. What's the mission statement of creation? What's the purpose of creation? Let there be light. The whole purpose of creation is that a Jew should bring light into this world. It's a dark world, and you have to illuminate the world. You have to dispel the darkness. How do you dispel the darkness? Not by fighting with broomsticks, by lighting a candle. What's that candle? That's the neshama, Neir Hashem Nishmat Adam. The neshama of a person is a candle. And the Jews, compared to the stars, we have to light up the night. You set your, you guide yourself by the star, the North Star. So we have to be the star, the guiding light in this night, in this dark world. That's our mission statement. 
Once you know what the purpose is, then you can go ahead and go ahead and continue to build the world. That's right out. Hashem told us what, what life is all about, what, what the purpose of creation is all about. Let there be light. So light is an expression of chesed, of love. There are many things that are expressions of chesed. Chesed is goodness, kindness, sweetness. So from physical, from spiritual to physical. So the first spiritual thing is light. Light flows all over. Light gives indiscriminately. It's like love, kindness. Personal loves gives indiscriminately. You deserve, you don't deserve. The light will shine in the barn and the dump equally as it will shine in the palace. It gives without question, indiscriminately. Light is... Um, so that's the nature of an expression of chesed, an expression of kindness, of love. Then you have um, other objects like water. Water is also an expression of, of love, of kind of water flows down. Just like when you give tzedakah, you give the rich person gives to the poor person, water flows down, water finds the lowest spot. Water flows down, water gives life. Water is nurturing, water is giving, water is kind. The opposite of fire, fire is strong, fire is, um, you know, water connects. And then you have many things which express kindness, sweetness, sugar, sweetness, kindness. So the attribute, the first day, Hashem created, what did you have the first day? You had light and you had water. All expressions of kindness. That was primarily in the first day. Continue. Yet, because the attribute of kindness also includes the attribute of mice, for the attributes of Atzilat all incorporate each other. Therefore, the light was not as spiritual as the actual supernal light. And it also became enclosed in this world, which is finite and limited, limited. For it is a journey of 500 years from earth to heaven and from east to west. These limitations would not have come to pass for a creation to proceed undiluted from the attribute of kindness which diffuses without limitation. However, since the attribute of might, the source of limitation, is incorporated within this kindness, creation is finite. At any rate, because the attribute of kindness was revealed and was dominant during the first day of creation, created beings related to Chesed, such as light, came into existence on that day. Okay. The primary energy of the first day was kindness. And that's not just original the first day, even today, every Sunday. Judaism, every Sunday, we call the first day the first day of creation. Hayoyim, Yoyim, Rishoyim, Bashabas. Really? The first day of creation? Do your math. 5,765 times 365, 354, 365. How many days do you have? This should be day number, day number, whatever. Million, billion, and well, day number one, because every week we re-experience creation. So the same energy that was present, that was manifest during the first day of creation, that very same energy we experience every Sunday. That's why the Rebbe chose Sundays to give dollars. The Sunday is a day of kindness, when, when Hashem's unity, Yom Echad, it's the only day. It's called Yom Echad. All the other days called Yom Sheni, Shlishi, it should have said Yom Rishon. It doesn't say Yom Rishon. The first day, the second, it says Yom Echad, one day. 
because it was a day when Hashem Achad, the unity of Hashem, was manifest. It's a day of Hashem's kindness. Hashem's. So Sunday is a day of tzedakah. It's a day when that special energy of the energy of the day is primarily one of kindness, of love, of kindness. Yom Rishon, um, Yom Achad. But, but since all the divine attributes are included, all included, therefore you find even on the first day it was also included also the opposite attribute, the fire, the attribute of strength, because it, it was a physical light. Wasn't this, there is a spiritual light. There is a divine light. It says with uh, the original light, Adam was able to see from one end of the world to the other. He had like X-ray vision. And he was able to see all the worlds. And Hashem hid it. And He hid it in the Torah. And that's with that light, a tzaddik is able to see. Where did He hide it? In the Zohar. So the Bashemtiv said, someone came to the Bashemtiv and he asked him, he lost something, something was stolen from him. Shantav opened the Zayar and he told him exactly where it is. <coughs> and he explained. <coughs> he says, because it says that the original light, Adam was able to see from one end of the world to the other. Where did Hashem hide that light? He hid it in the Zayar. The Zayar means light. So someone who's able, a tzaddik like a Baal Shem Tev, is able to read the Zayar, is able to see, with that light, is able to physically see from one end of the world to the other, one end of the universe to the other. So that light is a spiritual light, a divine light. But then also the first day had light, physical light. So that was a result of the tzimtzum. Hashem took the divine energy of chesed and because of the tzimtzum, because of the strength, He condensed it and expressed it. it was expressed through a physical light with all the properties of light. So yes, light has special qualities to it and light has very chesed and divine qualities to it and that's why it's a metaphor for the divine Nevertheless, it's a physical light, and it's limited, and it has its principles and its qualities, and it's um, so that's a result of the gevura that's married to the chesed. The chesed is expressed itself through gevura, through limitation, through strength. Okay, in like manner on the second day. In like manner on the second day, there was revealed the attribute of might, which is composed of the other emotive attributes, as will and so on, i.e., kabad. And with the attribute of might, Hashem created the firmament through the utterance, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. This separation of the waters by the firmament is an expression of symptom and restraints to conceal the upper spiritual waters from the lower waters. Through this separation from the upper waters, the lower waters became material. This materiality was brought about through the symptom and concealment which emanate from the attribute of might, the attribute that was revealed and dominant during the second day of creation. Okay. So the primary emotion, the prim- primary attribute, energy of the second day of creation is one of strength. That's why it doesn't say in the second day Hashem saw everything He did and it was good. As it says in the first day and every other day. It says twice in the third day, but not in the second day. The second day was one of division. Hashem separated the higher waters from the lower waters, the spiritual waters from the physical waters. And that's why the physical waters yearn and cry. They want to, why is it our lot to be down here? We want to be up there. So it was separation, it was division, it was tzimtzum, disconnecting the split between spiritual and physical, heaven and earth, body and soul, ego and, and spirit and 
that whole split came down on the second day. That disconnect between upper and lower, east and west, right and left, all those divides and created tension and conflicts. All those divisions came, man and woman, separation, all these divisions came as a result of the tzimt, of the gavura, strength, to define. To define, you have to chisel away, you have to chop away, you have to disconnect, you have to divide in order to clearly define. So it was an act of strength, an act of limit, an act of definition, an act of tzimtzum. Um, that's the flavor, that's the energy of the second day. And Ahmanides and Abena Bachaya and other great medieval rabbis say that the six days of creation are also, seven, the seven days are, correspond to the millennium. We are now in the year 5,765, and then the seventh, the year 6,000, which will usher in the seventh millennium, the Shabbos. So that explains why the first millennium, you had Adam, you had Chava, you had, you had um, Ganeden, they were, they were in Ganeden. Second, so it was paradise. Adam lived a thousand years, Adam was created by Hashem. The second millennium was one of division, the flood. The Dor HaFlaga, the Tower of Babel. So it was, it was a time of strength. Hashem punished the world. A third of the world was flooded first. You know, the, the Atlantis, so the third of the world was flooded, disappeared. Then you had uh, the flood, totally wiped away the world. Then you had the Dor HaFlaga. It was a time of strength. Hashem was like cleaning house. Hashem was expressing His strength, His Gevura. And then the third day, which says twice Kitav, was Avram. The Jewish people entered into the giving of the Torah, the birth of the Jew, the birth of a new people, the birth of the Torah. This was day number three. Then each day, the fourth day was the sun and the moon, which is the two temples were built in the fourth millennium. The first temple was like a sun in comparison to the second temple, which is like a moon. The fourth day, we had the animal, uh, the, the birds, wild birds, and even predatory fish and there was a lot of crusades and pogroms and it was a time for Jews in the, in the sixth millennium that's when Adam was created the whole purpose that's when we're getting ready for Mashiach when uh, Adam was created when man becomes aware and we had all the breakthroughs and the science and technologies and the breakthroughs and revelations of Hasidus of the Tanya that we're learning right now this is all part of the blowing into his nostrils of bringing Adam, the perfection, the purpose, the whole purpose of the whole creation. And we're about to usher, enter in the Shabbos for just 200, 200 uh, and, and uh, 35 years left from the millennium. Before that, in the two, next 235 years, Mashiach has to come, the Messianic era, then you have to have re- resurrection, the era of resurrection, and then comes the millennium. All this has to happen just in the next 235 years. So, Mashiach is very late. doesn't have a lot of time to fit so much, so much into this very short time period. Um, so this is, so you see that the attribute, each attribute of each day was manifest. Every millennium brought its own flavor, its own, its own unique um, attribute was revealed in that day. So the second millennium was a terrifying millennium. It was a time of gavuras, of strength. Hashem showed His might, revealed His might in His strength. But nevertheless, continue. The attribute of fineness is included in this attribute of the world is 
Israel comments. Note of the Rebbe Shvita, and the very act of building itself is an expression of kindness. Thus, even where might prevails, it is tempered by the attribute of chesed. For all this, the division of the waters is in order that dry land appear and man live upon it to serve Hashem. Exactly. What was the purpose? What, what, what was accomplished on the second day? When Hashem divided the waters and He commanded the water should go into the ocean and should recede from the dry land so the dry land could appear, which itself is a miracle. It's an act of building. It's a miracle. Because usually... Anything that's heavy sinks in water. So really, the world is 80% water. So really, all the land should sink into the ocean. How is it that dry land is able to swim and float on top of the water? So that's a miracle. But that was actually an act of kindness because Hashem enabled us to exist, he enabled existence. If everything, the first day, everything was covered with water, all there was was kindness, water and light, there's no room for existence. There's no room for mankind. There's no room for life. So in order to enable life and the world as it exists today and give us a chance to be able to serve Hashem and to make our choices and to have freedom of choice, to, the whole drama, the whole dynamic of life was only enabled through the tzimtzum. So God limited the water but enabled the emergence of dry land and enabled us to did us the biggest kindness. So it appears to be an act of strength an act of restraint, holding back, but it's really the ultimate act of giving, of kindness, enabling us to fulfill, reach our highest potential. Can I continue? Thus, this too is ultimately an expression of kindness. And so with them all, each of the other emotive attributes is likewise revealed on each subsequent day in order to bring created beings into existence. And it is this thought that Elijah expressed in the Tikkunim the purpose of the emanation of the Sifarot was to show how the world is conducted with righteousness and justice. Righteousness is law, i.e. the attribute of Gavura. Justice is mercy. All the revelation of the attributes is to show how the world is conducted. But it is not that you have a knowable righteousness, righteousness which is law, nor a knowable justice which is mercy, nor any of these other attributes at all. This means to say that righteousness and justice exist as separately identifiable attributes only relative to worlds and created beings. As regards Hashem Himself, it is not that you have these attributes. In relation to Him, they do not exist independently at all, being completely unified with Him, just as sunlight enjoys no independent identity flame within the sun. Right, so... God, you can't identify God with any of these attributes. God is not wisdom, and God is not justice, and God is not din. God himself is undefined. God contains all these attributes, and he emanates all these attributes within him, and they're totally unified with God. And within God, they're all one and inseparable. All there is is God. But God himself, you can't identify with any of these attributes yet. And mysteriously, the mystery of faith is that these attributes do emanate from God, and God does reveal himself and express himself um, through these attributes and when we speak of the divine attribute of wisdom we're talking about Hashem we're talking about God we're not talking about wisdom or it's Hashem the way Hashem is revealing it's holy wisdom like the wisdom of Torah it's not science, math, physics, chess it's holy wisdom it's divine wisdom Hashem is revealing Himself through this wisdom and when you grasp this wisdom you can grasp Hashem 
It's like when you want to, Hasidus gives a beautiful parable, the Rebbe gives elsewhere a beautiful parable. It's like when you grab someone by his arm and you pull him. Who, who are you pulling? You're pulling his arm, but you're not just pulling his arm, you're pulling him. You're pulling his soul. You're pulling everything along with his arm, his heart and his mind and his soul, his will, his pleasure, him. So too, Hashem made himself accessible through these divine attributes. So when the Jew grabs the divine wisdom, he studies stories, he studies the divine wisdom, you're really grabbing Hashem. When you do a mitzvah, you're really grabbing Hashem. It's not just Hashem. It's like the divine attributes become like a body to the soul, inseparable from the soul. They become inseparable from Hashem. They emanate from Hashem. So it's not like a tool, a hammer. It has nothing to do with the person. They become divine attributes. They are divine attributes. And when you connect with them, you're really connecting with Hashem. I'm talking to Hashem. I'm not talking to the attribute of mercy or the attribute of, of, of love, of kindness, of, of wisdom. I'm talking to Hashem Himself. But I'm talking to Him in a language that we can understand, that we can relate to, which is the language of justice, the language of strength, the language of wisdom, the language of, of compassion, the language of love, the language of royalty, of strength, of competitiveness. This is the language that we can relate to. And Hashem enabled us and allowed us to talk in this language in relation to us, to our reality. And through that, we're able to really touch Hashem. So we're really touching Hashem. That's undefinable, it's infinite. But Hashem enabled Himself to be accessible. He made Himself accessible. He speaks our language, our baby talk. And by talking that language, we can talk to Him and touch Him. So it's a direct channel to Hashem. There, there's nothing, it's Hashem. And that's the mystery of faith that a Jew believes. That although Hashem is unidentifiable, you can't identify Him with any of these attributes, and nevertheless, they're totally one with Hashem, inseparable from Hashem. So much so they have no name as they're contained within Hashem. And yet in relation to us, Hashem conducts the world through them and he creates the world with them. And He conducts the world with them, then we can call it by a name. We can call Chachma, Bina, Dasa. First you said you can't grasp God right. with offline, right. But then you said these are the tools that he gave us. Like you said, there is no meditating. And, but the meditation is a tool to connect with God. So if you meditate on, on the divine attribute of Chachma, Chachma Datzilut, in the world of emanation that emanates from Hashem, then Hashem enabled us to be able to connect with it through His divine attributes. Hashem does reveal Himself to us and creates us and conducts the world, the whole world, through His divine attributes. So everything in this world has a divine source. Water has a divine source. Chesed atzilut. Kindness of the world of, of Hashem's kindness. Light, physical light, has a source. An apple, tapuach, has a physical source, has a divine source. Everything that exists in this world, from the angel down to an amoeba, down to a peanut, everything in this world has ultimately not only a source, a spiritual source, but has a divine source. It ultimately, everything comes from the divine attribute. It has a certain a Hebrew word, a Hebrew name, which is really a divine manifestation, it's the Hebrew language Hashem creates it, that's the energy yeah, the letters, that's the energy with which Hashem creates it and everything has a spiritual source 
comes from the wisdom of Hashem, it comes from the love of Hashem, it comes from the strength of Hashem, or from different combinations. So everything in the physical world ultimately has a divine attribute. Because Hashem did, does manifest Himself within these ten attributes in some mysterious way that we can't understand. Because how could we say that Hashem and His wisdom is one, when a wisdom, if, if a hammer to us is nothing, you can't compare the mind to a hammer, how much more so you can't compare Hashem, wisdom is like a hammer to him, multiplied a million. Oh. Oh. Right, so if you emulate his chesed, if you emulate the chesed atzilut, his chesed, it says you should, how do you connect with Hashem? By emulating his ways, just like Hashem is kind, he visits sick, we visit the sick. He buries the dead, we bury the dead. He's kind, he gives tzedakah. The whole creation is an act of tzedakah. We give tzedakah, even if someone doesn't deserve. Something for nothing. Just like Hashem gave us something for nothing. We don't deserve, he doesn't, have to, he doesn't know us anything he gives us. We follow his paths. It's gevur, you have to be strong. You have to, you have to be strong and overcome negativity and overcome negative tendencies. You have to follow compassion. Hashem is compassionate. You have to be compassionate. You, know, you have to follow Hashem. Hashem does battle with the enemy, with the evil. You also have to do battle against your own Yetzirah. You have to follow Hashem. And by connecting and following His paths and following, that's how Hashem enabled us to connect with Him. And through Torah and mitzvot, when you study Torah and the mitzvot, so you, you're touching Hashem, you're grabbing Hashem, so to speak, by the finger, but you're schlepping Him by the finger, you get everything. You're not just getting a finger. You're not just getting something defined, wisdom and love. You're getting Hashem, His essence. It's really beyond any definition, any description. So Hashem gave us this gift of Torah mitzvot. He enabled us to connect with it. So it's not just, but if a person just has meditation, or just has religion, but it's disconnected from Hashem, it's not Hashem's wisdom, Hashem's love. It's not from the world of emanation, from Hashem's infinite, undefined self. It's just... We create God in our own image. And we create the spiritual, like Eastern meditation. That, that's, Hashem, it's nothing. It's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like trying to grab Hashem with your hands. Could you grab Hashem with your hands? No. So Buddha can't grab Hashem with his meditation either. Or neither could Mother Teresa. Because it, there's no connection. The only connection is Mount Sinai, Revelation. Be continued. <laughs>